Good day to you. Good evening. Good morning. Come one, come all. This is the JMJ Missions Podcast. I am your host, Dan Palmieri, along with my co-host, co-founder, tri-founder, Anthony McCullough. And we have a special guest, Danielle Avila, with us today, uh, who we are working on a big project with. Uh, for some time, so we're really excited to hear from her and get her perspective on things. She's extremely zealous for the faith, but before we get into any of that, we have TikTok, we have fish, face, fish, Fishbook, Fishbook, <laughs> Facebook, we have YouTube, we have Fishbook all the social. Cool. Fishbook would be kind of cool, although it would just be fish using it. Yeah. Uh, but good for those fish. And then finally, you have our website, and you can support us financially via Anchor A N C H O R or E R O R O R dot F M jmj missions uh so we thank you for listening thank you for joining in before we get to anything um we want to introduce our guest danielle avila uh we are working on a project about maria esperanza servant of god a woman who has caused myself anthony and rocco's conversions and we never even met her her family and some really amazing people at our parish caused our conversions Uh, we are going to be uh doing a documentary and we're we're nearing completion i should say or at least getting there Mm -hmm. um in the editing process with uh, with her and some um, other faithful Catholics, young Catholics that are really um, gifted in the area of film. And um, we have her on here with our podcast because she represents um, a very, from our perspective, very normal and fun yet knowledgeable Catholic person, young person in today's world. And that's hard to find. It really is. <laughs> so really happy to have her. Danielle, anything you want to say? What you, like what What do you do in general outside of the documentary we're working on? Well, first of all, Thank you for calling me normal, but I slightly <laughs> disagree with that because I'm a very, I think I find myself to be a very strange person. Um, but what was your question again? What you're up to right oh. now. Um, well, I do a freelance videography, so I've just been busy um, in that area. I do a lot of stuff in higher education. Um, I work with some of the other cinematographers that we have um, on the documentary that we're doing. Um, and just keeping myself busy in that area. Um, I'm also what I like to call a part-time vet because I live on two and a half acres with 22 chickens, two horses, a three-legged dog, (laughs) and I have some cats. So, you know, I'm always out there trying to help someone. Um, And you have bees too, right? Oh, yeah. I always forget about the bees because they've been a little disappointing. We haven't gotten honey yet. How often uh, do you get stung? Um, I've had them for like two years now and I actually only got stung twice. Really? Once was in the face. So, oh. you know, that kind of like counts for two maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we actually just had a swarm the other day that me and my husband had to. I think I saw that on yeah, Instagram. We had to resolve that. Of course it was on Memorial day. So we were like, mm. yeah. Um, I saw how but, your husband didn't have any equipment on. Yeah. Like not, not even a mask. Yeah, like he, a bee mask. I, I mean, the bees usually tell you if you're doing something wrong, he doesn't get stung, but I do. So clearly <laughs> I'm doing something wrong and he's doing it right. So, but the bees have been interesting. There's so much to learn about them. There's so much to learn about pretty much all the animals that I have in my yard. And I love that. You know, it's funny. It makes me think about St. Francis and all the, you know, like it seems like the holier you get in the spiritual life, the more of an appreciation for animals mm-hmm. and God's creation that you tend to have. Yeah. To the point where like certain saints like Francis would, and others too, and he's not the only one I found out from one of my grad classes I'm taking, would actually speak to animals and be able to kind of connect with them um, in ways we could never understand because sin has like messed with our understanding of uh, animals and understanding of creation and our connection with all of it. So hearing stories like that, I mean, two years of bees and only 
two bee sting. That's pretty cool. That yes. is pretty cool. Yeah. You yes. know? You, so maybe, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, maybe there is a gift you have <laughs> yeah. that you know you're maybe you know too humbled to admit. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so we're really excited to have Danielle on here. Uh, and uh, before we get into our topic, which is actually really interesting, it's um, how to uh, engage in the spiritual life and step out of your comfort zone, stepping out of your comfort zone, um, despite the obstacles, despite the embarrassments. Um, before we get into that, Aunt, a little small talk. What do you sure. got for us? Well, I have two potential small talks. The first one, Danielle, we know that you're from a town in geographic central Jersey. So the question for both of you, does central Jersey exist? <sighs> You had to go there. <laughs> There's a big debate just for the non-Jersey listeners. Yeah. There's a South Jersey, all the Philadelphia. I mean, we're in South Jersey, myself and Anthony. We are near Philadelphia. We celebrate mm-hmm. Philadelphia sports teams and yep. things like that. And then you have North like, Jersey. the majority of New Jerseyans live in North Jersey, mm-hmm. which is like Newark and New York City, uh, That those kind of suburbs. And they, right. they, they cheer for the Yankees and Mets, for example. And then there's this tiny battleground in the middle that right. people say is Central Jersey, but I think it's a hoax. And that's where I am. So, of course, you're calling me out in the exact location that I'm in. But it's, it's everything that's above Highway 195 and below. It's, it's that 195 basically splits that New go Jersey in half. Yeah, it's from east okay. to west. Interesting. Goes all oh, the way I've been to on the that beach. Road on the way to your house, I yes, think. Yes, yes. Okay. Because I'm exit 16 off of there. And it's, it's you know. I never heard towns. that argument. And I've had so this argument many times. So, wait, you're saying that that highway splits north and south Jersey? I mean, maybe not perfectly. Right. But so, you don't think central Jersey is a thing? I think central Jersey is a thing <laughs> because oh, wait, I am there. in central New Jersey. Okay. But okay. that's kind of where I, you know, right. say central okay. New let Jersey re- is. Let me rephrase the question. I know, is there a cultural difference in central Jersey? Because south Jersey, we got farms. And like when you got here, you were like, this is really in the middle of nowhere. And, and you're right. <laughs> and north Jersey is very urban and sad. So is it there? Is very sad. <laughs> so sad. I've never been sad happy in North and Jersey. Angry. Oh, it is. Poor, angry. Okay, for all of our North Jersey fans, yeah, sorry, we're, we're, we're sure <laughs> that you you're good people. We get a lot of listeners in Union, which is North Jersey. So like, sorry, keep listening to us. <laughs> I'm sure you're absolutely lovely people, but as soon as I start going a little north, the second the light turns green, I get beeped at. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so. So it, yeah, from a South Jersey perspective, North Jersey, I've been up there a few times, went to Seton Hall for seminary for mm-hmm. two years and it's, it's stressed out. Right. I get a stressed out feeling when I'm yes. up there. Yeah. Um, then again, people from up there are totally used to it. So that's true. You know? So I would say my guess is that Central Jersey has a closer culture to us, like a little bit more relaxed, yeah. a little bit more mellow. I but, think we're in the middle. Like yeah. we're a little angry and sad, uh-huh. but, but then also like, but yeah, happy but and... also we kind of want to be farmers like out here. <laughs> I passed many farms. I was like, I found some future homes that I want to uh-huh. be in here, nice. but. And then I have yeah. round two, a different one, a quick one. Okay. Just let's keep it quick. What's your favorite nature scent? Like favorite smell that nature has to offer? I know mine. <laughs> I know mine. Do you want me to answer? Well, Maybe you should go um, first. I, I would yeah. like you to answer because I am. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, go. There's actually a bunch of them outside the window, and they're honeysuckles. They smell so good. When you're near honeysuckles, it's yes. just like it's one of my favorite scents ever. I just get instantly happy. If you don't know what a honeysuckle smells like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to describe it. No. You just, you just give your condolences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, nature scent. Uh, ooh. Okay, one that's coming to my mind is when you smell the uh, burning leaves in fall. That's a um, good one. No, I don't like it that much. It's just very, very <laughs> well, nice. Why, why did you mention that it was your I, favorite? Because this is a weird question. I can't think of any others. <laughs> it is. That was like really different than the first question. Yeah. I don't like it that much because it reminds me of things getting colder and sadder and mm-hmm. darker. But it's like, it is a very, very nostalgic, intense scent that I that I could pick up a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got. All right. 
This is hard. It is I mean, tough. <laughs> I live in a yard with a lot of animals, so there's all kinds of smells. Yeah. But I think one of my favorite things, and this is kind of really weird and more domesticated than like nature, but I always loved smelling like the tops of my cat's heads. Really? Yeah, it's <laughs> really know, weird. So I never owned a cat, so like I don't well, know what it's Well, now smells. I do it to that, my dog, too. Do cats like do, the cat do their heads do smell good? I think I'm just weird. I mean, you called no. me normal in the beginning, but now I'm proving <laughs> that that's false. We do a good job. We do a good job being... Yeah. being uh-huh. projecting well, that maybe you're normal right yes, well Danielle, next everyone. time next time we head over to your house for a documentary meeting i'm gonna have to smell your cat i'll head. be like sniff this cat yeah. sniff this cat and i'm gonna take a picture dog. of it post it all yep. over social mm-hmm. media and we'll lose all our followers yeah. should that be the easter egg <laughs> like smell the cat or no oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. okay right. if I... you got this far which you're already about eight and a half minutes in uh-huh. just put like Comment any of our videos to help the algorithm or any mm-hmm. of our Instagram posts, anything social media, TikTok, yeah. and just put sniffing cats' heads. <laughs> and <laughs> We'll know what it means. We'll know what it means. No yeah. one else, everyone else think you're crazy. Right. But hey, this episode is about stepping out of your comfort zone. Exactly. So just so do it and stop it. worrying what people think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do it to help us out. Cool. <laughs> okay, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get to our topic momentarily. All right, we are back and we are stepping out of our comfort zone. Aunt, you got something to say? I just want to say that we forgot to tell Danielle that we don't do anything during the breaks, that we just awkwardly look at each other. So it would oh, have been true. nice to warn her, but yeah, she adapted awesome. well. She got it. Yeah. Yeah. This I is looked why, this into is... both of your eyes. It was a great experience. <laughs> Well, thank you. I mean, beautiful. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, yeah, like she got it. And uh, yeah, we we don't. We just stare at each other. Yep. Um, and um, sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it is. But you some, yeah. you offer it up for yep. the for the salvation mm-hmm. of souls. You can Short offer in my up anything. Purgatory time. There we go. <laughs> so, interestingly enough, Danielle brought up uh, our gospel today. If you went to, if you were super holy and went to daily mass today, um, what's today's date for someone's listening in the future? G- uh, June seventh. June seventh mm-hmm. is today's date. Uh, if you were holy and went to Mass today, you would, would have heard the gospel of Jesus saying, um, number one, you are the salt of the earth, and if salt has lost its taste, it's no longer good for anything. And then saying, you are the light of the world, and nobody hides that light under a bushel basket, but puts it on a hilltop for everybody to see. So important that we shine our light uh, with others, but in order to not become full of ourselves, we have to remember that it's Christ's light that is going to shine through us and that it's Christ's salt that's going to flavor the world <laughs> through us. We're the ones just salting it, but it's like Christ that's going to be flavoring the world. Um, but in order to do that, in order to be the people we're made to be, in order to give flavor to the world the way Catholics, Christians in general I even say, are supposed to do, you need to step out of your comfort zone. And that is something so many people need to hear today. The reason is because Young people in the church are like an anomaly. You don't see them anymore. Yeah. If people realize, if people in their teens, 20s, 30s, realize what the church was, realize what the Eucharist is, realize the community they could have by getting involved with their faith, realize the miracles that are still happening among holy people today, they'd be like churches would be packed with young people, but nobody knows about it. And I think it's because nobody will step out of their comfort zone. You got to step out of your comfort zone and give Jesus, give God a chance by getting to Mass on Sunday, joining a youth group, doing something, joining a, uh, any kind of ministry at your church, um, maybe trying to go to daily Mass. You know? uh, you're not going to be able to give the Lord the chance to work on your soul unless we do those things and step out of our comfort zone. But we are too busy, I think, in front of our like, TVs, in front yeah, of our phones, phones, in our own little, own little comfortable American and otherwise, if you're, you know, especially if you're in the West, Europe, Canada, we have this kind of comfort that we just sit in. Uh, we got to get out of it. So I wanted to know, uh, actually, Anthony wanted to know, uh, <laughs> do we have any stories, personal stories, 
uh, that we could share of times we stepped out of our comfort zones and it actually worked uh, against what we may have thought was going to happen? Uh, well, for me, it is definitely being on this podcast, um, as interesting as that sounds. Um, I am used to being the person behind the camera, um, the person that is putting the mic on somebody. So I'm not used to being the person that's, you know. I set the mic up for Danielle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to do this. This is not my equipment. So I'm used to being that person. I'm used to being behind the scenes. Um, so this is a totally different realm for me. Um, I think the last, I did do a podcast once, so I did lie. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I did one in college and it was literally about chickens. Really? So that's all. And it was just me talking, you know, I just wrote up a script, so it was just reading, but that was really the only time I've ever done anything. So nice. this is a completely different realm for me. I would um, like to listen to that, by the way. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's lots of balking sounds in the beginning for my intro. It's great. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for me, that's definitely this is definitely a step out of my comfort zone. Um, and you know, I'm I'm very comfortable talking about the faith and talking about my faith journey. Um, but this is just a different setting, different kind of way to yeah. do yeah. it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, like you know, well, JMJ Missions was made because we were inspired by Fulton Sheen and the way he touched so many people through you know video and um, through telecast in the 1950s and 60s. And there are so many more ways to do that now and you're doing it, you know? So yeah. just even the fact that you're here, it's going to help some souls that could probably identify with you. Right. Uh, that could identify with me and Aunt, especially mm -hmm. as guys. Um, so it's good to have the voice, like I said, of a normal right. and, uh, yeah. and, you know, intelligent and uh, very driven uh -huh. by her faith kind of person. So again, you're helping people already right now by doing it. Yep. So yeah. And I mean, example. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, what's to come if I continue or, you know, what's next. Um, you know, leading up to today, I felt like there was a lot of things pulling me away mm -hmm. from doing this, mm -hmm. um, whether it be fear or sickness or all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I was just like knowing that, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to let myself be pulled away. I'm not right. going to let, you know, not today, Satan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that truly, yeah, yeah, that truly, mm -hmm. you know, is what I felt a lot of it was. And, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And, so. and that's a real thing. Like before you do anything spiritual, like there's going to be attacks before and afterwards as well. Yeah. And then Absolutely. we first had our conversion. We didn't know that. <laughs> like we went on retreats and we're like, oh, this is great. Like I love everything. Yeah. That's awesome. spiritual high. And then we would get home and then like all things would like hit the fan and it would and be, we'd be in horrible moods. And now, like, we'll do a JMJ uh, Missions event. Like, we'll do a mm -hmm. confirmation retreat. And then, like, when I'm on my way back, I'm like, hmm, something soon is probably gonna, going to happen. Yep. Something's going to happen soon that's going to throw me off my game. And then when it does, I'm like, oh, it's the attack. And then I can, like, adapt and, and overcome it because of that. So that is a real yep. thing. It, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it comes in supernatural forms. Yeah. I have some weird, I'm mm -hmm. not going to share any now, but I have some weird stories maybe for a future podcast of, like, the when the best spiritual things have happened to mm -hmm. me or on a ministry event that I ran and good things happened to others, weird stuff yeah. happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, like this. So the attacks run from natural all right. the way to supernatural, mm -hmm. depending on the kind of event that you've done right. and what you can handle. And cetera, even like temptations that aren't normal, like you know, like there's normal yep. temptations, but then there's like different ones that you're not used to. Yeah, or, there's a certain name for yeah. it. I forget what it's called. Uh -huh. My spiritual director told me one time, but like certain temptations that the saints would constantly go through. Yeah, that I think God only puts us through if it's like in very because we're not maybe as strong as them. Right. Quite yet or <laughs> at all um <laughs> so like certain temptations that god will allow us to go through in rare times that they go through all the time you know that they would have gone through all the time i should say mm -hmm. so those attacks are absolutely real um and so beforehand danielle had these attacks and you know here she is which is really nice right nice to have her mm -hmm. and what's your story uh so my time that i stepped outside of my comfort zone was my very first ever uh, young adult meeting that we've mentioned many times on this podcast before but at the time you know i'm not gonna give you the whole spiel 
but I knew nothing about God. And like, I wasn't close to God at all. And I got this flyer in the mail to attend a young adult group meeting. I asked my friends if they were going, they said, yes. So I walked down there and I w- it was the first time I ever voluntarily did something for Christ that I wasn't forced to do. And I just didn't feel natural doing it. I even was wondering, why am I doing this? But I'm glad that I did, because if I didn't, I wouldn't be where I am. So th- this spiritual growth that I've had over the last 13 years would not have happened if it not- had not been for that first step. I could have just stayed inside my comfort zone and like let you guys go to that meeting that night. And I could have stayed home and played Xbox or something and you know just did whatever. And I would have been comfortable. Mm-hmm. But then zero growth would have happened. And it also reminds me of working out. Like working out is uncomfortable, but if you don't do it, you're not going to grow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of uh, Jesus's parable with the sower and the seeds. Like the seed gets scattered around, and uh, where you and I probably were, and maybe you even more than me, just because I I was raised at least a little bit with the faith. Me mm-hmm. and Rock were, and hardly at all. But um, the interesting thing is that like he says that when the sower throws the seeds, and the seed represents like they hear like God prompting them to do something, or you mm-hmm. hear the message of Jesus. You know, some people it gets choked out by thorns. Some people it gets choked out uh, by the sun because like they it starts to spring up at, at once. Like it sounds good to them, but then as soon as like a, a persecution comes, they give it up. <laughs> he says other 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 seeds they just get thrown onto a path uh-huh. with no dirt at all, <laughs> and then immediately just birds come and eat them up. It doesn't even have a chance to grow at all. Right. And Jesus says these people just didn't even listen at all. They mm-hmm. just like went right over their head. They didn't care. They didn't even think about it. <laughs> I was probably in that camp. You think you know, so? I think all of us were. Yeah. I no, mean, I, I don't think you were in that camp I, back then. I, well, you definitely were. I was, yeah. <laughs> but I was a little bit, I think, because I didn't do anything about it. Maybe, a, maybe you know, I had some thorns and some things that choked it up, but in certain situations, mm-hmm. I didn't even cross my mind even take my faith seriously, yeah. you know? So it's just interesting that he even brings that up, that lukewarmness, that comfort, you know, makes you the path. And uh, that if, if you're not good dirt for, for seeds to grow in, you're just a path. The bird's going to come and eat it up right, right. away, you know? Mm-hmm. Danielle's all about that, all the chicken she's got. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, and I guess my story would be uh, similar to yours, Aunt. Back in my, my freshman year of college, um, me and Rock were sitting in mass. Uh, we were, uh, me, Anthony, and Rocco, for our listeners, uh, and another friend of ours, Ryan, were best friends for years before we had our conversion experiences, just normal teenage kids. And... Um, I was a freshman at college. Me and Rocco had gone to mass. Now, this was rare because I didn't go to mass every week. I went once every three or four weeks, and neither did Rock. But we just happened to go one time together. I guess we gave God a little bit in that sense, very little. <laughs> and we're sitting in the pew, and they said, hey, we need religious ed teachers, like, you know, substitutes badly. And I never, ever volunteered for things. I was not one to volunteer. I was always very comfortable in my own little world, playing my video games, playing my sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I just nudged Rock and looked at him and said, do you want to teach religious ed? And I, to this day, have no idea why I asked that. I never would have asked that. I didn't even want to teach it that badly. I just did. I just nudged him and said, do you want to like substitute and teach CCD? And I thought he was going to say, absolutely not. And he said, yes. Uh, and we ended up subbing a couple months later, and I didn't know much about my faith. I shouldn't have been teaching. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, like I had. I remember still thinking, "What am I doing? Why am I doing this? I never would have done a church thing." And then we met a new pastor, who had just gotten assigned there. Uh, and then that's another thing that happened that was out of our comfort zone. Is the pastor reached out to us, and a priest had never reached out personally to us in our lives. They seemed a little bit aloof. We weren't big priest people, me or Rock. We just didn't think they were that, that much fun to talk to or hang out with. They seemed a little like, you know, like old or whatever. And he said, do you want to come to my office? And we're like, sure. You know, and again, I was just being nice, but still 
willing to even take that chance, and so was Rock. In fact, Rock was being nicer than me. I was almost hoping he would not, not come back and not ask us to come to his office. A couple weeks later, he comes back, takes us in his office, tells us all about some amazing things, including Maria Esperanza and the miracles that he experienced, went to confession, and it's all downhill in a good way <laughs> um, from there, from that point. But again, two moments of going out of our comfort zones yeah. is what caused all this, what, things we never would have done. And for those listening, if you're on the fence, so like joining your parish, joining a group, joining a Bible study, getting a mass more than just on Sundays, even just going on Sundays or going to confession especially, you got to get off your butt and do it. That's yeah, the way that you're going to give God the opportunity to work on you. Yeah, I think that first step to taking your faith seriously is like that mo- like where you really, at least for me, like that was really out of my comfort zone like actually taking that first step and starting to learn more about it and understand how rich the faith is and just really get into it and not just continue my life going through the motions, like realizing that there was so much more than, you know, what I grew up knowing. Um, and so that was like su- that's such a big step in life. Um, but that is, you know, step number one of getting out of your comfort zone. But, you know, that's not where it ends, you know, getting involved in the faith and, and, you know, learning more. I mean, it's, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone again and again and again. Right. Um, there's this one song that I always loved growing up uh, by this artist, Brandon, Brandon Heath. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's specifically Catholic, but the song is called Don't Get Comfortable. And like the lyrics in that song have always just like really stuck with me. And I always think about that. Um, but yeah. Now, I mean, would, would you say that it was just like sluggishness of life that caused you to like look into the faith? Like what spurred you to look into your faith to begin with and make that move? Um, well, in college, I did an internship. Well, I was at church one Sunday and, um, Gabriella, she's also a part of, um, the documentary that we're doing. She was there at the church talking about, um, a radio station that she was working for. And I was looking for an internship desperately at the time, you know, needing to get it within weeks. And, um, I mean, even in that moment, I stepped out of my comfort zone just to talk to her versus applying for an internship. I was like, hey, help me. (laughs) (laughs) I am, you know, running out of time. Um, And that internship really, really like turned my faith around because she was she really was instrumental in teaching me the richness of the Catholic faith. So you just happened to be working in that field. And so, I mean, and then, I was just looking for my first internship in gotcha, college. Mm-hmm, yeah. Gotcha. So, you know. So I, God used that big time. And then you, got, I guess, got the little grace, like to that, that little spark to look deeper into it by what you were experiencing in this yeah. internship and through talking with Gabriella about things. Yeah. Yeah. And she really mm-hmm. just helped me a lot in like realizing, you know, that there's so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, you know, the first step to a lot. I mean, even just going up to her mm-hmm. and speaking to her about, you know, needing that internship was me stepping out of my comfort zone. Wow. Um, because I always tell people, I'm like, I'm an introvert until mm-hmm. I know I can kind of be an extrovert around me too. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, me just going up to people is not like a natural thing for me to do. <laughs> right. Right. And then, so then that's where your faith kind of skyrocketed from that point yeah Mm -hmm. um you know she kind of led me to going to my first confession in a very long time and the day after i went to that confession i met my husband that's so cool um yeah so neat that god provides i love that yeah you know it's funny i took a look at the first reading because danielle brought up the gospel and how suiting it was for today's topic i looked at the first reading too real quick before looking at the gospel and it's the prophet elijah He's uh, wandering around, led by the Holy Spirit, and God says that there's a widow who's going to provide for him. 
he finds this widow and he's like, oh, this is exactly the widow that God, you know, said was going to provide for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry. He goes, um, can you go make me a cake to the widow? Like, bake me a little cake. And the widow says, um, I'm out here gathering sticks for me and my son. If we don't eat, we're going to die. We're literally starving. Literally, she says <laughs> we're going to die if we don't eat. I need, to, I need to cook something right now. We have almost nothing left. We have almost no flour left or whatever she says. And Elijah says, hey, like, the Lord told me that you were going to be here. And, like, I'm a prophet. You can trust God. You can trust me. So just make me the cake first. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll see that God will provide for you because you're trusting him by trusting me. She does. She bakes a little cake, like, risking her own life because she's, like, literally starving. And she's making food (laughs) for Elijah. And uh, as a reward, I think it was for – don't quote me on this because people know this. It's either 10 or 20 years or something, the flour in her jar never ran out. Oh, wow. Miraculously. That's really cool. And you hear actual real stories of that. Now, that's an Old Testament story. Uh-huh. You, have, you hear real recent, because that could have absolutely happened, but recent historically verified stories of lives of the saints of things not running out because they had radical trust in God. Danielle trusts enough just to go to confession, mm-hmm. just to look into her faith in something she not would have not have done, and look how much the Lord rewarded her. Yeah. And now she, here she is X amount of years later on a podcast doing christian catholic films and 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 giving her life to god in that sense right which is so cool yeah and i feel like going to confession i, I don't know if i'm re- accurate with what i'm about to say but i feel like there's two things going on with god there's like the divine will and the permissive will is that a real thing yep so it's ideal will right ideal so will. the divine will is like for us to never sin and then but obviously we're human so we will <laughs> and so he permisses us or he allows us to, to, to for, thanks <laughs> he permits what was that one word i said really weird that one time i can't remember it was oh um asceticism or oh, like yeah. yeah yeah you could actually say it that way ah, thanks yeah okay. so he like allows us to fall away but then when we go back to him i feel like we're as close to the divine will as we can be yeah. so it's like danielle you went you got back to the divine will by going to confession and then boom you met sway so yeah. that's awesome yeah it's almost like this may not be accurate, but it's almost like when we come back, it's like you're actually held to like a higher standard in a sense too. Mm-hmm. So right. it was like, you know, I went through the motions my whole life and then like I met my husband and then he started, you know, his like reversion and then I was his teacher. So oh, it was almost awesome. like coming back and yeah. like being held at this higher standard. And I wouldn't say I was the best teacher, sure, <laughs> but it got me like really like deeper into things. So you kind of inspired him to come back to the faith too yeah according mm-hmm. to his best friend he did say that in his best man speech <laughs> oh, that's awesome. so it makes me cry every time that's really cool um he was he just said that like you know he considered me one of the greatest catalysts to his like reversion that's awesome. which is such a powerful thing that's to awesome. hear um from someone that was by his side for so long and like the sacrament of marriage as both of you know um i don't know uh, but, but that's <laughs> when you get you're trying to get your spouse to heaven yep. right that's that's the main goal isn't it and then when there's children to get yep. the kids to heaven too so it's like that's that's what you're both of you are doing. Higher and higher standards yeah. as you it's as true. you uh-huh. go on. I always say with the kids like leveling up, you know, uh, in a game the level level one's really easy, two, three, and then the better you get, the harder it gets. Mm-hmm. The Lord, the more the Lord allows uh, the devil to mess with you, the more he allows you to have to dig deeper to go through spiritual dryness. Um, and, but the weird thing is that every time it doesn't seem like it, but every time you persevere, you start to level up. And uh, the graces that God gives you become greater and greater, and your faith becomes more and more mature and deeper. So it's cool to see that process. But it all starts with stepping out of your comfort zone. She met her husband, Danielle, the next day, right after that confession. If that's not a reward for her perseverance and for stepping out of her comfort zone, I don't know what is. We met the priest, myself, Anthony, and Rocco, that changed our lives. Another friend, Ryan, a fourth best friend of ours, because we stepped out of our comfort zone. We were not church people. We never would have gone to a Bible study or mm-hmm. to a young adult group or meet with a priest. Like That's not something any of us would have done. And because we just 
by by God's grace, I should say, said yes to that little prompting and stepped out of our comfort zone, he was able to add so many more graces. Um, and we're still working on it. Still have a long way mm-hmm. to go. We're going to take a quick break. Right after that, we're going to go through just a couple small uh, questions, quick questions as to what holds people back from uh, stepping out of their comfort zone and what they can do to overcome that. And then we'll have our Saint Cup. Don't go away. We are back after staring at each other and making faces again. I just want to let the listeners know that Dan just did the weirdest dance known to man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else to do. True. I was going right. to join, but I was scared. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you didn't join, Danielle. <laughs> so a couple questions uh, that we want to answer because people will ask like how to overcome certain um, certain fears. So what are some certain fears that will hold us back? One we thought of was the fear of rejection or embarrassment we could say now that doesn't just apply to faith that applies to almost everything why do you think people are so scared of rejection and how would you guys advise them to overcome it in all things well rejection doesn't feel nice that's one of the worst feelings in the world actually um but there's actually a problem in the feeling of rejection in the first place there is a vice in there like if you feel rejected and you're overly concerned about it do you can do both of you know what the vice might be I'm going to guess a little bit of pride. Pride. Yeah, pride okay. Pride's the vice because okay. it's like you're, it's in <laughs> too much love of self. Gotcha. Or like, how could I not be included? You know, okay. or like, how could they put me down? So it's like where you love yourself too much. So rejection, fear of rejection is a real thing, but that can be solved by going to Christ. Okay. And mm-hmm. would you say that the antidote to pride would be humility? Yeah. And, and more exactly okay. humility and a ton of prayer. Okay. So the way, what was, what's going in my mind right now to combine all these themes right here is that. In order to be more humble, you have to know that you belong to God. Exactly. And therefore, you're not thinking about yourself. You're mm-hmm. thinking about God's love for you. Yeah. You know, God is the reason you exist. God saves you. God's going to take care of you. The Lord has died for you. And because you have that going through your mind, you don't really need to think about yourself or being accepted by others quite as much. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay, what about number two, fear of failure? That's a big one. Everyone, I think, it's weird. Growing up, I had so many so many songs. So many people would say, like, oh, I was so scared of failing. I don't know why I was just never scared of failing. I would just be like, yeah, I don't care <laughs> if I fail, whatever. But uh, after experiencing, weirdly enough, rejection for the first time in my life uh, for a couple of years straight, uh, from the time I was like 25 to like 27 or so, um, I started getting scared of failing. So I think they're linked. Mm-hmm. For the first time in yeah. my life, I was like scared of failing and letting people down and not being good enough. And like, like I said, I was kind of cocooned because most people seem to be afraid of that, and I just never was. Uh, what do you guys think would be the remedy to being scared of failing? I think um, being afraid of failing, it's, it's natural. Everyone, everybody goes through it, but everybody will fail. Like, I literally failed a class, like an actual class. So, like, maybe you won't fail a class, but you've failed at something. So, it's like, and again, if you're overly afraid of failure, it goes back to the same vice. Pride. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so Ando, again, is humility. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. So humility and humility, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> answers to one and two. That's fine. Maria Esperanza, who we've referenced a few times today, we, she comes up a lot because she's so near and dear to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said humility is the crystal bridge that leads us to heaven. Mm-hmm. And the reason she called it a crystal bridge is because pride can shatter it so easily. Yeah. So I guess, all right, humility, again, knowing that you're not supposed to be perfect because Jesus was the only one that was perfect. Can you define humility? Sure. Go ahead. <sighs> you and then me. Okay. I yeah. feel like I just need like a simple uh, definition. Fine. Yeah, you're right because we, everyone's got a sense of it, but nobody, I think, because yeah. really, sometimes yeah. you get that uh-huh. confused with meekness, like just like not saying yeah. much, which is not the same thing as humility. 
I would say uh, knowing for absolute certain that all the good in you comes from God. And That's that exactly God, what I was And that say. God is really, yeah. God is the root of everything, your existence. And his, his love is what makes you important, not anything that you do. So you, you, you don't think about yourself or your own accomplishments like at all. Right. And yeah. if you do have good gifts that come from God, like he can take them away. So like in, in humility, you have to know that he gave it to you, not because you deserved it, but right. because he just simply chose to gave it to you. Total gift. Yeah. <laughs> chose and, to give right. It. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's given the gift, uh, Ant the gift of grammar or me. Oh, why? To what be able to say things. Oh, wow. like he chose to <laughs> give it. Chose oh. to gave it to you. <laughs> chose to i'm sorry we both give? laughed at you oh <laughs> chose to give yeah thanks sorry <laughs> no it's that, that but that's, let's see this is, yeah, where, oh, this is perfect that, that was, was my humbling. pride yeah Ant's pride wow. got in the way of that and my pride made fun of him that so. was awesome i yeah and then, i laughed and too. then danielle just sat by and didn't <laughs> sin while you and i both just no i laughed i laughed <laughs> so humility well, that was cool so knowing well, that and yeah pride comes before the fall so that was an example of I don't know, <laughs> of falling. Right. So I guess when you, well, I no, that makes sense because when mm-hmm. you overthink things too much mm-hmm. and you get prideful, sometimes you stumble anyway because yeah. you're like not letting God's grace in because you're thinking too much about yourself and your own accomplishments and your own successes and failures and not just putting it in God's hands. That's something I have to remind myself of too before I give talks, weirdly enough. Um, when I get up there, I'm normally not nervous like after 10, 15 minutes, but before every single one of the talks that I give at parishes, I am tempted to think nobody's going to be moved by this talk. Your talks aren't that good. You ought, to just, you ought to just quit and just not give these talks anymore because no one's getting anything out of it. And that all has to do with me. My, what people are going to think of me, what people are going to think of my success or my failure instead of just you know preaching the message of Christ and leaving it all up to him and remembering that it's the Holy Spirit's going to take care of everything. And in the end, we're nothing. And that's not a negative thing, mm-hmm. negative statement. That's a freeing statement. God I love in that us. statement. Yeah. What's that? I love that. That we're like, nothing. Yeah. It's it because I think to people that you know aren't Catholic or aren't you know are living in like the secular world and having that mindset, it sounds like a horrible thing. Right. Um, but the more that I hear it now, being where I am in my faith, I just love it because it. We are. Yeah. You know, it's like you know we. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, no, but it's, really, it's just like such a powerful statement. Right. I guess if, if God exists, then that's a beautiful statement. You know, actually, sorry. Yeah. Actually, the way that you would take that statement depends on the level of pride that you have. Because if you hear like that we are nothing, and if you're prideful, you're like, oh, I'm not nothing. Right. But if you have humility, you're like, yeah, that's right. I am nothing. God gave me everything. Right. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. true. So yeah. depending on the relationship with God that uh-huh. you have, your faith and your humility right. is how what that statement means to you. Uh-huh. And that's why you have so many saints. You're absolutely right. Because you read the lives of the saints, and so many of them, mentioned talk about themselves like oh i'm absolutely nothing i'm just a sinner and people that don't understand these saints they hear that and they're like oh my gosh these people hated themselves that's such a scary thought why would you say that about yourself you're a sinner but you realize wait a minute if you've experienced the love of god and you're sure that it's that love's not coming from you and you've been romanced by jesus you love hearing that you're nothing because it takes all the pressure off you and you realize it all was won by him on the cross mm-hmm. which is beautiful well humility humility those are the two answers to uh, fear of rejection and fear yeah. of failure. And one last fear we do have to talk about, and we're going over a little bit, but I just I think it's too important not to mention, is the fear of persecution. And that is um, something that Catholics, especially younger Catholics, unfortunately for the first time in hundreds of years probably, at least in the West and in, in America and you know, Europe and the Christian post-Christian societies, I should say, something we're actually have to put up with again real persecution because the world no longer thinks like christians do and so if you say that you are a devout catholic 
or even a devout Christian in general sometimes in today's world, you are going to get some pushback, especially on social media. It could be in your circle of friends. could be at people at work. How do you guys deal with the fear of persecution from people that don't think like us? I mean, I think that it's just a matter of, of being, at least in my opinion, is being strategic with how you bring up the faith and talk about the faith. Um, you know, I've learned there's a time to speak and there's a time that we shouldn't speak. Um, you know, and Interesting. I, and I, I mean, I think I've accomplished, you know, just different things from not saying something sometimes or just, um, you know, someone seeing what I'm wearing or something like that. I remember I was in Asbury Park um, with my husband having dinner one night and this guy was saying these really just sick jokes about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I just was like bubbling with anger on the inside and thinking of all of the things that I could say to this person. Mm -hmm. But instead, um, I have this cross necklace that um, before my grandma passed away, I like took it off her and then, you know, I took it and, um, you know, I wear it all the time. Of course, I'm not wearing it now, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I just pulled that out from my sweatshirt so that it was on the front. And I saw this person look at that and you almost saw like guilt um, and like a sense of of. I don't know, sadness that like he had said those things with somebody, you know, and I didn't react like a nutty person. You know, I wasn't freaking out because in that situation, I was like, I, one, I know that that was, that wouldn't Mm -hmm. go well. Um, but I was just like, I just feel like in this moment, it is the time to be silent. I think I was wearing like a faith-based shirt or something mm-hmm. too, or, mm-hmm. or Sway, my husband, he was wearing a sweatshirt that might've said like, pray hard. So he saw like all of these things right after he said those jokes. Um, and, you know, there's a time and a place to speak. Um, and, you know. And that's the gift of prudence, right? And that's, yeah. that's a cardinal yeah. virtue. Yeah. So that's huge. So we got humility and prudence humility now. Humility and prudence, knowing yeah. what to say, when mm-hmm. to say it, how to say it, what to do. Right. Um, you know, it's funny that reminds me of what Jesus literally said his own words. He said to his apostles, they are going to persecute you. You are going to be persecuted. No servant is greater than his master. If they've done, if they've done this to me at the time, they had no clue what the heck he was talking about. Cause like mm-hmm. none of them fully understood that he was going to get crucified. But he said, if they've persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And he said, when you are brought before all the people and the scribes and the crowds, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy spirit will tell you what to say in that moment. And he was saying in a very cool way to have prudence that, hey, like, you know what? Every moment of our lives, Aunt, you were talking about God's ideal, uh, divine and per- permissive will, God's providence in general. Every moment of our lives is taken care of by God. It's hard to trust that all the time. But even in today's society in 2022, if there's going to be a persecution and someone's going to think of you differently, there's going to be some kind of penalty or punishment, social or otherwise, for something that you do faith-based, God knew it was going to happen. He knew a long time ago it was going to happen, and he'll tell you exactly how to handle it as long as you open your heart to him and stay close to him. We got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. That was a great answer. Great answer. That's something I wouldn't have thought of. Nice. Anything for you guys to add before the Saint Cup? No, let's do the Saint Cup. All right. We'll take a small, small break, and we'll go to the world-famous Saint Cup. Okay, we are back. We actually don't have a Saint Cup this time. We have a Saint, Saint. Online Wheel. Yep. <laughs> because I forgot the Saint Cup. I forgot to bring it. It's been a trend. Uh, it's Okay, it's good for my humility. So <laughs> it works out. So we thought of about uh, 10 or 11 Saints that we have not gotten to yet, haven't used. We didn't have any specific uh, 
like prerequisite for thinking mm-hmm. of these saints. They were just random just names of saints that came yeah. to us. So Danielle is gonna hit the little button and spin it now. Woohoo. Padre Pio. Okay, nice. Padre Pio. El Padre. The Podge. The Podge. <laughs> I don't think that's one of his nicknames, but it should have been. It should have been. You're right. We can point that. The Podge. Um, okay. One of the coolest saints ever. Recent. Died in 1968. I can't think of another uh, a better saint when it comes to humility. And prudence. And prudence and even persecution. That's right. Can you mind? Yeah. Yep. So one thing that I know about him is obviously he had the gift of stigmata. And if you don't know what that is, that's when uh, many saints have gotten this, where you get the wounds of Christ on your hands, on your feet, and on your side. So he had that. Totally miraculous. Yeah, totally miraculous. They don't do it to themselves. That'd be crazy. <laughs> so he had that. And actually, his would smell like roses, too. Like, the room would start to smell like roses when this was happening to him. And a lot of people didn't like this. They accused him of, of faking it, mm-hmm. even though many doctors investigated this and found it to be authentic. Uh, so one of the things that he had to do was his higher up. I don't know if it's called a bishop, because I know he was from an order. It so was I, the bishop of the, uh, I believe, the area okay. he was part of. Yeah. So this bishop uh, commanded that Padre Pio stop saying public mass, stop seeing people uh, in confession and things like that, and he had to go live in a monastery for years. And monasteries, there, I think it was cloistered, yeah. so he couldn't leave. So he was already part of that monastery, but mm-hmm. he was completely banned from hearing confessions, I think, for 10 years. Yeah. No, three years, and he and saying mass in public for ten years. Right. So, so that was wow. an, that was an unjust penalty because he yeah. wasn't doing anything all, all wrong. Because the bishop didn't like him. Yeah. Didn't like the attention he was getting. Right. But he took the penalty and he and he served it. He did what he had to do. And and kind of like Danielle, how he could have gotten really upset. He could have like went into the bishop's office and like started freaking out. Right. But he was just silent and strong. Well, I mean, think about this. Yeah. Here's Padre Pio. He's bilocating. He's healing people with his prayers. He's got the stigmata. He's reading people's hearts in confession. And here in comes this corrupt bishop, who, by the way, was removed from his office later, later on. Later, right? found scandal with him later. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was, but he was clearly corrupt. Here comes this corrupt bishop who doesn't like his attention, banning him from like pretty much trying to save souls. I can't think of a more unjust situation, maybe like Jesus' crucifixion. <laughs> Outside of that, <laughs> which Padre Pio was in a sense living out in a mini way mm-hmm. here, I can't think of a more unjust situation. And you know his reaction? The other priest that read him the edict from the bishop saying, you are hereby indefinitely, until we say further notice, you are not allowed to say hear confessions and uh, say mass in public indefinitely. Now, that was his main way of interacting with people and saving souls. They say Padre Pio just looked, he looked down and sad, but he just said, God's will be done, and he walked away. Wow. Talk about prudence yeah. in that moment. And humility. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And trust in God's divine plan. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And how many documented miracles did he have while he was alive? I say this in my talks. Yeah. 27,000. 27,000. 27,000 oh documented miracles. This is not 1128. This is 1968. Yeah. These are verified. We have video footage. We have camera. We have doctor's testimonies. It's pretty much like beyond doubt that a lot of these miracles are well testified to and definitely yeah. happened. Uh, so again, he, and just those miracles themselves are, are should be a a little bit of a consolation for us. Like we don't put our faith just in miracles, but they're always like a boost for us. God knows that we have our lapses in faith and mm-hmm. he gives us these miracles as extra boosts right. to help us because he knows that it can be tough in this fallen world to right. truly believe and trust in his providence the way we should. Mm-hmm. It's like a turbo boost in Need for Speed Underground. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's like the star in Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that works too. That's so funny. That was good. Or like the mushroom where you level up again or you get bigger. That's so funny. We definitely need those though. Yeah. We need those. I wonder if we can add those sound effects. 
Please. Uh, post-production. Please. I'll, I'll, I'll look for something. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Without any other further comments, we were going to wrap up there. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the JMJ Missions Podcast. Let's close with a prayer. Okay, yeah, go ahead. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Dear Lord, we want to thank uh, Danielle for giving us her time and driving down here to do this podcast with us. And we ask that God uh, blesses her abundantly and rewards her for this. And also we pray in defense of any attacks that could happen after this for each of us, as this is a spiritual thing that we did. And hopefully it will help people by the grace of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God. So we just ask for protection from any attacks and for any attacks for our listeners as well. Spiritual attacks, that is. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless.